1: And up to 25% off outdoor.
0: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And today I'm really, really excited. I'm trying to be normal, but it's just not happening because I'm interviewing the lovely Juan from New York, who's going to be the first of my special guests joining me on the podcast for season two. So hi Juan, Uh, introduce yourself to everybody and tell them a bit about you.
1: Hi Hannah, it is so wonderful to be here with you and to meet you. Um, As you know, I love your podcast, so this is Little bit of a dream come true for me. It's wonderful. Um, so I'm Juan. I go by Juan Francisco, wherever you may find me on social media. Um, I live in New York City, as Hannah said. Um, I'm actually a publicist by trade, um, but I'm also a spiritual intuitive who practices mediumship and reads tarot cards. Um, and I I felt the presence of spirit since I was a really young child. Um, but most of the experiences I had as a child, I didn't recognize them as being spirit until maybe a year or two ago. um uh, that is a little bit about me, and I know we'll get into more about me and and uh, and my story. <laughs>
0: oh, amazing! So let's go straight. I'm going to go straight in here. There. So a year or two or ag- two ago, it changed for you, did it?
1: It did. It, when I got my first tarot deck, everything changed for me.
0: Oh wow! So tell us, tell us what happened. Did because I know some people are very traditional with tarot. Did you buy your own first tarot deck, or did it get get you another way? And how did that? change things?
1: I did purchase my own tarot deck, but the way I discovered tarot was a little interesting. So I grew up in a very progressively spiritual family. My father actually used to read cards for people and then he stopped. And once I started going to Catholic, Roman Catholic school and Christian Protestant school, a lot of that in my family stopped. And I grew up in a more conservative environment between teenagehood and my adult years. And so I had this idea of tarot being Evil and you know, uh, very. I was very much against it in my younger years. And then a friend of mine, um, as I grew more open-minded spiritually in the last five or ten years, I got to know a friend of mine who's today my best friend. And she reads cards. She did a reading for me two years ago, and I was so impressed by her own skill, and I so resonated with the the practice of reading cards. And I was one day in a holiday market here in New York City at a bookstore. Um, And I saw the Rider-Waite-Smith deck, which is the very traditional deck, but it was calling my name. And I felt like I just I was not sure about whether or not I wanted to get it. But my gut told me, get it, get it, get it. And so I bought it and I haven't looked back since then. Oh,
0: amazing. So it was your friend's reading that kind of opened the door for you and, and just made you more aware. I love that. I love that. So your main thing is traditional tarot.
1: Which it is. is, and and I did start with looking up the historical um, significance of each card, but then after studying it, maybe for, for one run through the whole deck, then I decided to put the guidebook away for a little bit and just start reading them more intuitively. I think there's a lot um, that we can bring to cards themselves, the cards of their significance, but our intuition works with the cards, so I like to do as much of my own intuitive reading as I can.
0: Oh, incredible. That's fantastic. So um, you're working with the cards and your, you know, your friend, I assume your friend was supporting you through your own learning journey as well, and didn't just come in and go, there's a reading, see you later. And uh, so you started learning the meanings, the history of the cards. And then, you know, where did you start to take it further to open yourself
1: up to spirit? Well, I started doing by doing readings with my best friends for them. And and actually it was with this friend, she asked me to read her and in my reading with her, that's when what I think was for the first time when my mediumship abilities kicked in. So now it's, it's my, my reading with cards has really evolved to a point where I'm not just reading messages through the cards from spirit, but I'm also, if, if I get the permission of the sitter and the permission from spirit to channel the a departed loved one as I'm doing card readings um, so it's, it's evolved a lot. So from doing, from being introduced to it through this friend of mine, and then as she asking me to do a reading for her, um, and, and then that just, then that's when the medium abilities kicked in. So card reading is kind of a, a hybrid of an experience for me nowadays. And I Excellent. do, I do also, I do now do readings for folks that are not my friends anymore, which is quite wonderful doing it for strangers. It's actually a little easier for me because I know too much about my friends
0: <laughs> completely agree completely agree because your opinions come in when you're reading for people you know you can't exactly. they've been moaning about someone for the last six months you don't want to then sort of give them a lovely mus- mushy message about them because you're. Yes, so I, have an
1: opinion. I have an opinion about their ex as it is so <laughs> Any questions exactly. about their ex. <laughs>
0: Wow. So, right. Oh, this is fascinating to me. So I've never heard of anybody um, using cards to connect to somebody's loved one in the spirit world. I love that everybody's mediumship is individual, and that's exactly how I believe it should be. So how does that work?
1: Well, to be honest, I can't explain how it started. It just it just happened. I saw a card and some cards in the deck are associated with certain zodiac signs. I asked about that zodiac sign, I asked my friend, and, and it, that sign connected with someone she knew who departed. Mm-hmm. And so I gave a message that I felt was coming through, which I'd never done before with a departed soul. But then once I finished the tarot reading, the soul was still with me after I hung up the phone. So I don't necessarily use the cards to channel the departed. If the departed want to come through, they'll come through. But I, I also do practice mediumship without cards. Um, it's just tarot was such a bridge to the next or, or to learning about this other ability that I have, which is mediumship. So I mediumship may come in through tarot cards, but tarot cards don't always have to be involved in mediumship for me.
0: I get you. Perfect. It's fascinating. It's so fascinating. So it's more like it's opening the door right so, yeah I get it okay yeah. great great so um I know on your podcast Third Eyesight um you uh, have been talking about some of your uh, experiences with spirit that set you on this journey and, and helped to open you up and so can you tell us about one of your most profound experiences with the spirit world
1: it's actually one of my experiences in the mediumship circle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so when I discovered my gift for mediumship in September of last year, 2021, um, I joined a mediumship circle. And this one reading, I mean, there've been many profound readings that I've done for people and that people have done for me in circle, but there's this one reading where this young woman joined our group and I had never met her before. And when she popped up on the screen as the person being spotlighted to be read, um, and for some context, when I do mediumship readings in a circle, I write down all my notes and I don't say what I'm channeling until I'm finished writing a whole page of notes with all the messages, the details, the descriptions. So I write down, write down all my notes. And the thing that comes up is father figure. And this father figure is telling me I'm going to walk you down the aisle. And to be honest, I freaked out a little bit because I'm thinking, I'm telling this young woman, I don't know if she's engaged. I don't know if, I don't know what her romantic circumstances. And for me to tell her that her father on the other side wants to walk her down, will walk her down the aisle. That's not a small statement to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this father figure told me to look at the necklace she was wearing and that there was significance tied to it. So I finish my notes and I, I, co- I go off mute on Zoom and I ask her, I got very nervous. So I was treading very, very lightly and um, very carefully. I said, do you have a male on the, I was very generic. Do you have a male on the other side who was departed? She goes, yes. I said, is it a father figure, uncle, grandfather, father? Yes. And I said, okay, I'll be honest. I'm feeling like your father passed. She goes, my father has passed. So now I'm getting a little emotional inside. Juan is a little bit of a wreck inside um, because I'm starting to really feel the emotions of like what this woman is about to feel. And I told her, your father's telling me he's going to walk you down the aisle. And she starts getting very emotional. She says, I just got engaged. Um, and then I told her, he's making me look at your necklace And I don't know if this necklace is something that's tied to him or to your current fiance or another relationship of any sort that you had. And she told me, I don't usually wear necklaces. I don't have very many, but I decided to wear this one today. And it's the necklace my father gave to my mother when they were dating. Wow. And I... My little beginner, medium one lost it <laughs> inside. <laughs> um, that has been to this day. And I think ever the most profound spiritual experience I've ever had. There are some others I've had growing up. Um, but I think in, in tot- looking at my experiences in totality, that experience channeling that father's soul for this young bride to be was just, I can't, as, as for now, I have, there had nothing has taught that as of yet. I'm sure there'll be more experiences to come.
0: Amazing amazing and yet this is something I know you listen to my podcast you would have heard me say but they're so clever they're so clever with what how something so little can actually be so profound and so amazing and that's just incredible that it it always blows my mind I hope it always (laughs) does I feel like it will it's just absolutely amazing and what a gift to give her what the I, I felt
1: so honored. I felt so honored to be that, that human being chosen to channel that message. I just, I feel nothing but honored to be chosen by spirit for that, for those 10 minutes of that <sighs> day. And yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. Spirit never ceases to blow my mind.
0: Yeah, me neither. Amazing. That's so fantastic. So, Obviously, you said to me you wanted to come on here and talk from somebody who feels like they're quite early in their journey, although I'm sure to a lot of people listening, that sort of ability of being able to hear that actually is pretty advanced. Um, But how has your work progressed from when you started a couple of years ago to now? What can you see changing in it?
1: I think that my struggle with self-doubt is becoming less intense because self-doubt for me is not just a struggle in the department of spiritual intuition, but across my life. I am a very self-doubting person, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. I don't know if you've experienced this yourself, Hannah, but sometimes I'm very nervous to be wrong, but I'm also just as nervous to be right <laughs> when, so- <laughs> when something, when, when a message comes through and it, it hits the mark. Um, so I'm learning to just go with it and reminding myself, I am, I should give myself credit for being open to being the channel and being proud of that. But I also need to acknowledge that for myself, what I feel, I need to acknowledge that I am just the channel. It's really all spirit doing the work and I am permitting it to happen through me. And therefore this fear of being wrong or this nervous, this, this nerve to the nerves to be right, or uh, the anxiety about being right or, um, or something being an emotionally charged situation. Those are just things I know that I have to learn to cope with on my end. Um, thanks to therapy that's helped a lot, but, um, but I think over time I've learned to, put aside the self-judgment and the self-doubt. And I've also learned to, um, you know, spirit, like you said, is very clever. And sometimes spirit will say something really blunt and I have to think, how do I say that? Cause I have a potty mouth and sometimes spirit has a potty mouth too. Yes. So I have to really gauge, I've become better at gauging the energy of the, of the sitter, how they might best receive a message. And, but I want to do still give the message in a way that doesn't Totally filter what spirit is telling me, but gets the message across, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I'm getting better with wording.
0: (laughs) I mean, mediumship, it's... It's so simple, but it's actually, there's so many different aspects to it. And it's not just about your spirit connection. It's also about the way that you deliver it. It's such a massive part of it. So completely agree with that. And there's so many things that you were saying there where I was just thinking, oh, yes, yes. I mean, I always say when people start working with me, you think it's going to be about going out of yourself and connecting with the spirit world. And you find out it's actually about you And connecting with you. And promise us all who are listening to this, if you ever work out how to get into a complete space of 100% trust and no fear, you will share that with the rest of us because we're all trying. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the biggest problem, isn't it?
1: Oh, yes. No, the more I do this work, the more inside I go. It's not about escaping from myself. It's about, and some people call it the shadow work. I identify with that phrase, of shadow work. It mm-hmm. really makes me confront some of the struggles I've had with myself as a human being growing up and being the adult that I am today. So yes, 100% agree.
0: Yeah. And it's, it should be simple. You hear it, you say it, you give it, but it's not that we don't trust spirit. I think it's that we don't trust ourselves to have heard it correctly. And you like, you say the fear of being wrong, the fear of getting a no just holds you back so much. So We've probably just covered it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What advice would you give somebody who's right at the beginning of their journey?
1: I love that question. Um, There are three things that come to mind. I'll go through them quickly. But number one, seek your tribe. Um, whether it's circles, mentorship circles or spirit circles, following people on social media that you connect with on an energetic level, um, consulting with a spiritual healer intuitive that you trust. Um, for me, it podcasts like your own really helped a lot. Um, YouTube videos. Um, and I think secondly, and this, this is an important one that I've learned over the last few years, not letting anyone convince you to ignore your gut feeling. Um, I've had... I've had to learn that even in the in the realm of spiritual work, um, I've had some mentors and the mentors just didn't work out for me because they they advised me to do to go about my gift in ways that were going against the gut feeling I had. And it's not, it doesn't say any it's no judgment or says any statement about that mentor and their gift and their abilities. But I think the second piece of advice is um just to be very honest with your, with yourself about the people you surround yourself with as you do the spiritual work and who you're looking to for trust and advice. Um, and then as we just covered that it's okay to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had to really accept that um, it's okay. And I, I've had this self-talk um, before where I told myself, if I get things wrong in a reading, I'm not a medium, I'm not psychic. And I failed the sitter and I failed spirit and I shouldn't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. But then I also remind myself no one in any line of work in on this planet feels they are 100% competent all the time. At least not any coworker I've ever worked with has ever felt exactly. like yeah. that way. And we're souls in human bodies channeling spirit through the filters of our human bodies. So we will sometimes get things wrong. And I've learned to accept that that is okay.
0: Completely agree. Completely agree. And because, I mean, I don't know how you receive your information from spirit. For me, it's just a knowing. I couldn't label it particularly on on any way it I just know stuff and so therefore um, it's very hard as well because it's not even like you hear it really clearly or you see it really clearly you just know it and so therefore when you are doubting or by default you will doubt that sometimes because we're human beings right yeah fascinating I love it thank you thank (laughs) you okay So do you have a daily practice? Do you do something to prepare yourself for your work every day or?
1: I meditate for two hours every, no, I don't. (laughs) I was like, wow. No, no judgment on that at all. I wish I could, but I I start with that joke because my daily practice isn't perfect, but I am proud of the progress I've made. Um, So I read a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron a couple of years ago. And in it, she talks about doing morning pages. When you first wake up, you write, three pages. It doesn't matter how long it takes you just write three pages and write every thought that comes to your head that you woke up with. I do a, um, a, my own version of that, where I wake up, um, get, grab, grab my water and I write for 15 minutes, what's on my mind, what the struggles or, or the anxieties I woke up with the, the, um, the struggles or the joys and, and the happy thoughts I woke up with just writing everything down, what I'm looking forward to in my day. And then I finish with what I'm with three things I'm thankful for and three affirmations. And following that, I do a three and three or five minute meditation, to be honest, Mm -hmm. if I know I'm going to run late for work, I maybe do one minute meditation, (laughs) maybe 10 minutes of writing, but it depends on the day, but I try um, right now I do it Monday through Friday as best as I can. I would like to, to um, incorporate that into all seven days of the week, but it really has changed. This is a big statement to make, but I'm being honest. It has changed my life for me personally to journal everything I wake up with Mm -hmm. because. Otherwise I will take what I woke up with whatever struggles or anxieties or thoughts into my work day or into the rest of my day. And mm-hmm. it just feels so good to let it all out. Um, and then occasionally something I enjoy doing is I'll walk my, I have a dog and, uh, and I'll walk my dog without my phone in my neighborhood, um, for 10, 15 minutes. And I will have conversations with my spirit guides. Mm-hmm. I will say, so what, what are we talking about today? Or if I have a question, can I ask you, You know xyz and i've had some full-blown conversations with my spirit guides um and that's really really helped me to gain some insights
0: exactly and i i was just talking to my students about this at the weekend is that you should have an ease with your spirit guides so it's not that you need to be in the lotus position at a certain level of breath work on a starved stomach here's a cool fact you know, and calling in spirit, there should be an ease. And I think that's so important. I talk to mine when I want my dog a lot. Um, and I think it's just, it's easier because you're doing something and you can, you're allowing that time just to, sometimes I just feel like I'm walking with them and we're having a chat like friends. And then when I do need them and I do need the advice and I do need the guidance, it's easier because I've been chatting to them about all the rubbish for weeks on end before that. So exactly. Perfect. Okay. What do you think every single person who works with the spirit world needs to know?
1: I think that for everyone that works with the spirit world or people who don't work with the spirit world. People who um, do work with the spirit world. I think that, I think people should know that it's okay to not know how it works. Um, Something Uh, I've asked myself and some people have asked me people who are not involved in in this work is how do you do it and I try to wreck my brain around a good explanation to explain how it works and I can't I mean the best explanation and the simple answer is it is just it's spirit it's source it's and it's the energy of the universe otherwise I don't know how it works and it's okay if I can't prove it. If I can't explain exactly, like, it's not like get, you open up a manual and you, you like an Ikea manual for furniture <laughs> and you put together the pieces and, oh, there's the message from spirit. That's the loved one. That's the description, the evidential information. Um, it's just like you said yourself, it just, you just know things. They just come to you. For me, it's, it's a lot of signs and symbols and metaphors. And I also sometimes feel things physically, or I'll hear phrases in my head in my own voice. I'll Mm -hmm. see flowers or whatever symbol it might be. Um, I don't know where those, well, I do know where those come from, but you know what I mean? I can tell you, like, I'm not thinking up a daisy. And then the word daisy comes up for the sitter one hour after the reading somewhere else. I don't know how that happens, but I also do know it's spirit and spirit is Absolutely limitless. So I I think as as workers, as intuitive workers, it's important for especially those who are starting out that you don't have to feel pressure to explain how you do what you do. If you know you do it and the gut feeling tells you it's it's a you have the right message or the right symbol, just say it and let let the message do the work once it leaves your mouth.
0: Amazing and completely agree. I think we get so caught up in the mechanics of it all that sometimes we forget to enjoy the wonder. Right. All. So yeah. Clap, clap, clap. Love that. And it is wondrous.
1: It's it's mind blowing. It's. It's. I. I'll never stop being blown away. I I won't be.
0: (laughs) No. I. Yeah. I don't think I will either. I love it. I love it. Okay. So here's another big philosophy question for you because I do love a bit of philosophy. What do you think is the biggest thing that the human race need to overcome for our spiritual evolution?
1: A question for the ages. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, my personal personal belief and part of my philosophy is that comparison is such a source of, is a source of so many struggles on this planet. Comparison causes wars for many, debt, trying to keep up with the Joneses, um, body image issues, you name it, um, and a host of other issues that spring from those. Um, I think that one way for us to really help our human, our human family elevate is to accept the fact that we are all souls having human experiences. And therefore we are all coming from one source. There's no one human being worth more than another because of the clothes they wear, the riches they have, the looks they have, um, the cars they drive. I think the closer we get to accepting that fact that we're all just souls from the same source, the closer, we're, the closer we will get to a world where there is less of, of the struggles that we face today.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, completely agree. Lovely. Thank you. And what advice would you give somebody who's not had a reading yet,
1: but who would like one? I say, I say, listen to your gut feeling about the timing of the reading you want to book and with whom you're going to have it. Um, and I think also definitely come with an open heart because the energy you arrive to a reading with can affect the reading. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, which I think might be the most important for me, in my opinion, is once you have the reading, sit, let the message, let yourself sit with the message you received and really absorb it. I have, um, I have a friend who reads cards and she has had some clients who will book her asking a question. And then they'll book her five more times asking the same question Mm -hmm. in like weekly or Mm biweekly. And she's had to tell them, listen, I, I really want to respect the energy between us. And I want to, um, I want to say this respectfully, that you need to have some time in between readings because you need to let the message sink in and you're not going to get a different answer with the same question each card reading we do. So I I think it's very easy for us and I'm speaking for myself too. I've been at this in this spot before in the past when I've booked psychic in psychic intuitives before. It's easy for for us to be obsessive about booking readings. Um, And I think when at the point it becomes obsessive, it becomes more about validating the gut feeling we already have. Mm-hmm. And rather than receiving a message that we want to receive from spirit. Um, now I do want to say that is very difficult for me to say when we're talking about the context of someone who lost a departed, uh, who lost a loved one. Yeah. Um that's quite different. I think that's definitely a case by case basis. But Mm -hmm. I think overall, um, letting yourself sit with the message once you've received it, let yourself absorb it and uh, let it sink in. That's so important after reading. I've been that person before who gets a reading. Here's an answer I don't like. Then I just go on my merrily way and I get, I'm disappointed on my merrily way. And I book the next reading to validate the answer I want to hear. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's very important to let it sink in. Yeah, completely.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes just to do the work. Because yes. uh, you get told so much stuff that you need to do and there's no way that you can get it all done and assimilate all that energy and process everything and get in alignment with everything in a week or two weeks or even a month.
1: Yes so, and anyone who has done that, again, as you said before, Hannah, let us know we, we want the secret. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would love who are secret. you And how did yeah. you
0: manage it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> i'm still dealing with stuff from readings three years ago like <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely okay so if you could go back in time to when you first started reading uh what advice would you give yourself
1: i think i would tell myself don't place all your faith in a human mentor in this work and i'll explain what why i'm saying this um i I, I would have, I would have encouraged my past self to trust the per, trust that mentor, but not put all my faith in that person. So, a little bit of story time. There was um, there was a psychic medium that I was following on social media, um, who is definitely gifted, one hundred percent gifted, and I grew to really admire her and get to know her get to know her a little bit because she would do lives, and we um, we built this little community of people who really admired her and her work. There was a day actually it was over a course of some months, where she more and more was bringing in medical advice and politics. Now, medical mediums are a different subject. I think medical mediums, uh, if you're medical, self-professed medical medium, that's, that's quite different. You know, giving medical advice is different, but she, she was not. And um, she was bringing in politics and medical advice. And I started to feel uncomfortable with it. And it was becoming a little bit the, the, the conversation she was having on lies were becoming a little bit abrasive. And around that same time, I was developing my own into intuitive gifts and coming into my own in that way. So I made the personal decision to close that chapter of getting to know her more. And, um, it, I disengaged with her on social media. And the next thing I knew, um, without naming me, uh thankfully um even if she did i wouldn't care but without naming me uh she let it be known to the fellows in this community of people following her that i betrayed her i betrayed the community uh, by by disengaging with her and by sharing about my own intuitive gifts on my own social channels and she actually said the phrase he no longer has my protection <laughs> and i oh. my, my little beginner self was very nervous because i thought I'm on her naughty list. Does this mean that, did I, did I really betray her? Did I betray spirit? Cause she's a spiritual worker. I, I was gaslighting myself. Mm-hmm. And then a friend, I was, uh, I was relaying all this to a, to a friend and getting their advice and their, their comforting words. And they said, who died and made her God. <laughs> and, and, and so it reminded me, and this is, I know this sounds quite dramatic, but um, it was a really important experience in my development as an intuitive that, There's a difference between trusting a mentor and putting on your, all your faith in a mentor. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is putting faith in ourselves Mm -hmm. and then trusting those who have the advice to give, to give us, to help us develop. Um, So know your mentors, get to know them, build your trust in them. And not everybody, just like we're not meant to be friends with everybody. Not every spiritual worker is meant to be a mentor for us. It all depends on the energy and how we vibe.
0: And that's not just true of mentors. I think that's when I first started, I remember thinking that we were going to be like some happy, clappy, love and light gang where everybody wanted the best for each other. And I went out there quite naively, like, hey, let's all be friends. You read cards. I read cards let's read cards together and then s- swiftly learned <laughs> <laughs> that, that and it's exactly the same thing you know people we we are all humans and we are all coming at things through our own filters and no one nobody in this physical incarnation is completely pure and is faultless and we're all at the subject of our own likes dislikes upbringing experiences but also where we are at on our own journey and it can be it's tough when you start to outgrow your mentors I've been through that and you know you start to question and you just start to feel like a you don't fit anymore, like a puzzle piece that doesn't fit. And you keep, if you're like me, and I think you are, I kept trying to ram myself into that yep. space because I know, who am I to know any different to you? Who am I to question this? You've, you've been teaching me. And it can be so restrictive and hold so many of us back. Yes. And there are a lot of mediums who reach a certain level and then stop developing. Mm. And I don't think you can. I I every time I learn anything, I realize how little I know because there's so much more that gets uncovered that I can't even comprehend. Right. But you you know, some people get to where they are, they put themselves on a pedestal and stop that learning. So yeah,
1: ego, I mean, ego will always be there because mm-hmm. we're human beings, but um I think in this instance, um, I experienced this mentor, this person, uh, their ego was taking a front seat in the in the car. And um, and that's okay. I mean, I I respect her and uh she's a wonderful spirit light worker, spiritual worker. Um, but uh my it just didn't align with me. And it, it taught me also to, it reminded me how it's very important when I do readings to let my ego take the back seat and not drive the car.
0: Yeah, and also that you can trust your instincts. Yes. You were feeling that. How many times have have people listening? And I know that I have done this. We've just ignored what we feel until it's got so big that we can't ignore it anymore. And when you look back, you think, God, I knew that months ago. (laughs) And you just try so hard, don't you, to be good and to fit in and to not rock the boat. And sometimes you have to. So that's that's really I don't think anyone's ever given that piece of advice. And I love that. So thank you so here's a lovely positive one let's how has your work changed your life because I imagine it has rather a lot
1: oh it has it's wonderfully flipped my life and it's just i feel like my life was before very um very earth uh earth minded and uh, how do I say this um I was just so invested in the in the physical world that this just has taught me to just see things in a different perspective and I've always been a spiritual person but um I mentioned that comparison, for in my opinion, is the root of many struggles on our planet. Mm-hmm. And I've struggled with comparison and keeping up with the Joneses. And I, when I do this work, it just it just frees me, whether momentarily or for a, for a long long period of time after reading, frees me from those struggles of self comparison and self doubt. Um, it doesn't fix them, and that's why I mentioned before. Like therapy has been a huge component of of my well being, um, but spirit, working with spirit has been the rocket fuel boost to contributing to my mental well-being and just the feeling of the, the, the feeling of being a feeling safe in my own mm-hmm. body in my own life experience i i i have much more as i as i mentioned i i am recently started developing these gifts and if i feel this now I can't imagine how my life is going to feel, how I'm going to progress as a person over the next few years, in the next 10, 20 years. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where this takes me.
0: Yeah. And I love that because it is the feeling of safety. I think that's what they gave me too. It, yes. was, it was There was no expectation to be perfect. I, I think when I started, I thought that they would want me to be more spiritual than I am, if you know what I mean. And And actually, the biggest lesson was you're perfect as you are. We love you. Yes. We've got you. And that is absolutely, completely life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's, have you got a book you'd like to recommend to the listeners? I know you mentioned one earlier, but have you got a book that you would recommend for everyone to read?
1: Yeah, the book that for me changed my life um, was Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Um, it is a, don't let the title fool you for those listening if you haven't heard of it. Um, it is a book written by Neil Donald Walsh, um, but the premise is that, he himself was in a very um, uh, low point in his life when he started journaling. And then he felt that he was getting messages from God's source and writing those messages on paper. And then four or five books later, here are these books. And um, I read the books with some skepticism, like, okay, God wrote these books. Let's see. So I read them. And then I'm thinking, okay, if this is all a farce and, There was no connection to spirit writing these books. Well, then these books are pretty dang brilliant, written by a brilliant human being. I do believe he was directly inspired by source. Um, So those books changed my life and helped me to see life and the struggles of this planet um, in a very new perspective. So there are four books. uh, There's three three introductory books and then two other books in the series. But definitely, for me, Conversations with God has been a, a big one.
0: Oh, I have not heard of that. So I'm going to get it and read it. I can't wait. That's fantastic. Highly
1: recommend it. Yes. Oh,
0: fabulous. Great. Um, And I know that you are a a tarot guy, but do you have a particular set of cards you'd recommend for people?
1: So I actually just started working with Oracle cards. I'm slowly starting to work with them. And I got myself, um, there's two Oracle decks. I got the Moonology Oracle cards, which I really love. And then one called the Dreamscape Oracle by Matt Hughes. And it's like Art Nouveau on, uh, he also has a a tarot deck. And I have, I had that first and I just love his artwork. I really connect with it. And so I got his, his Oracle deck, the Dreamscape Oracle, wonderful deck.
0: Oh, well, no, that's another deck I haven't got. I've got to stop asking this question because I've got a problem. My shelves are filled with them. Okay, but good. Thank you for your recommendations. And lastly, what's next for you? What, Where are you taking this next?
1: Yes, I, I intend to keep doing readings for folks. Um, I actually recently started putting on my website how people can book readings with me, tarot card readings with me. And I'm going to keep attending mediumship circles. I'm actually, I'm excited to join your elevate group coming up very soon. I'm so excited. Um, So so excited. And I think overall I'm, I'm in this phase right now where I I enjoy doing, I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing with the spirit world. And I'm sometimes not quite sure what the future holds. And all, all I know is that I feel so much excitement and while I don't know what the future holds, um, I know that the intuitive work I'm doing in the here and now is just what I need to feel connected with myself and the world around me. And, and it's going to lead me to people. And it already is leading me to people and circumstances that are just adding so much value to my life. So I'm going to give this a little bit of a vague answer. I don't know exactly where I'm going to be in five years from now, but what I see happening next is just continuing to do this work with people and, and having readings with folks.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. So if people want to book a reading with you,
1: where do they do it? What's your uh, website? Sure, thank you. It's thirdisite.media and you'll find my podcast listing of my episodes there as well as um, a page for booking a reading and uh, it should be very simple to book it with a little calendar function where you can book a time and it will schedule it on my calendar and see what's what's free on my on my schedule.
0: Amazing. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I'm sure we've all learned loads and it's just lovely to hear your perspective and you speak your truth. So that was really wonderful. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. It's my absolute pleasure.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky, soft, and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it.